الله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يحده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله Verily, the praise belongs to Allah, we praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness, and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead him astray, and whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide him. I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone and that he has no partners or associates and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger. I would like to begin this evening in our third uh, session dealing with the tafsir, tafsir al-Qur'an al-Azim, the tafsir of al-Hafiz ibn Kathir rahimahullah, with the topic this evening, that which is related to social behavior in Islam, of some matters that deal with societal rules and regulations or guidelines that are for the improvement the correction, the reformation of the society. In these verses from Surah Hujurat, chapter 49, verses 11 through 13, there are a number of things mentioned which are indeed of importance to the Muslims as individuals as well as the society. And before beginning with the reading of the verses and a brief explanation and then turning to the comments of Al-Hafid ibn Kathir I would like to just remind myself and each of us of the seriousness of this topic, the topic of social behavior or those regulations which guide the Muslim in his interaction with other Muslims. Indeed, it is a necessity that these guidelines are observed in order for the reformation and the success of the individual as well as the society in this world and the next. And these few verses from the Qur'an are part of what has been described in many places in the Qur'an as guidance. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the verses of Ramadan, Shahr Ramadan الذي أُنْزِلَ فِي الْقُرْآنِ 
good and in bad. The month of Ramadan which was revealed with the Qur'an as a guidance, Khuda, as a guidance for the people. So these verses of Qur'an are part of that Huda. And we should look at it, not from an academic perspective, but we should consider that these words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are meant to be guidance for us in our personal lives and in our interaction with others. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in another place in the Qur'an, in reference to the Qur'an itself, a description of the Qur'an and the effect that it should have on the true believer, he made the comparison to the effect on that inanimate aspect of his creation and how it should affect the animate and the akil or the intelligent aspect or part of his creation that is humanity. And he said in another place in the Qur'an, لَوْ أَنْذَلْنَا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ عَلَى جَبَلٍ لَرَأَيْتُهُ خَاشِعًا مُتَصَدِّعًا مِنْ خَشْيَةِ اللَّهِ But if this very Qur'an which we are reading and attempting to understand, if this Qur'an had been revealed or sent down upon a mountain, a mountain, a mountain of stone that is stable and it is one of the stabilizing factors of the earth. If the Qur'an had been sent down on a mountain that doesn't have intellect, it would have caused it to tremble. It would have caused it to shake and tremble and to crumble in khashyatillah. What about the human being whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this Qur'an specifically for our guidance? How should it affect us? This is a point that we should repeat and remind one another of it consistently and continually so that when we read the Qur'an on every occasion and especially when we sit together to try to understand the Qur'an that we should reflect on this point that the Qur'an is meant to be a guidance for us. It is not an academic exercise but it is a means of guidance and it is supposed to affect us affect our lives, affect our hearts, insha'Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in these verses from Surah Al-Hajarat addressing the believers with the title of Iman. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu la yafkhar qawmun min qawmin asa'i yakunu khayran minhum. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu O you who believe la yafkhar qawmun min qawmin that no group of people should make fakhriya, ridicule, or make mockery, or derive, or belittle another people. We shouldn't belittle other people, scorn someone, ridicule someone. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibits this in these verses. Addressed to the believers, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, la yaskhar qawmun min qawmin, asa'i yakunu khayran minhum. Perhaps it may be that those who are being ridiculed or belittled, perhaps they are better than those who are ridiculing them. Perhaps those who are looked down upon, they might be better, khairan minhum, than those who are looking down on them. Perhaps they are on a higher status in the presence of Allah, in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, than those who are ridiculing them. And this is very common in the world that we are living in today. Perhaps people are looked down upon because they don't have wealth or power or position in the society, but they have Iman and they have Taqwa and they are obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And for this reason, 
their status in front of Allah is higher than those who might look down upon them and that which is of importance is the status of the person in front of Allah not in front of the people لا يفخر قوم من قوم that no people should scorn or ridicule or degrade another people عسى أن يكونوا خير منهم perhaps they may be better than them ولا نساء من نساء عسى أن يكون أن يكون خير منهن that no women no group of women should scorn another group of women perhaps those who are ridiculing ridiculing and degrading and scorning the others then it may be that those who are scorned are better in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala due to their iman and their taqwa and their acts of obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from those who look down upon them so as fakhriya scorning and ridiculing or degrading others it is haram in Islam it is haram and every one of us have to consider for ourselves if on any occasion or at any time we look down upon others and we should be careful that this is of those things that are prohibited by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَلَا تَلْمِذُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ وَلَا تَمَابَذُوا بِالْأَلْقَابِ بِئْسَ الْإِسْمُ الْفُسُوقُ بَعْدَ الْإِيمَانِ وَمَنْ لَمْ يَتُبْ فَأُولَاتَهُمُ الْظَالِمُونَ and likewise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us another prohibition that is the prohibition of al-lamf it is to defame someone or to speak ill to speak words that demean or defame another person and this al-lamf it is similar to hams al-hams wa al-lamf it is mentioned in the Quran in some places separately and some places together and the scholar said that they are similar of meaning except that al-hams it is by ishara, by signaling, by the movement of the hand or blinking of the eye or some other indirect indication. Where lumps it is by speech, speaking ill of another person or defaming their character. And this is also prohibited. وَلَا أَنفُسَكُمْ That the people, they shouldn't defame one another. وَلَا تَنَابَذُوا بِالْأَلْقَابِ Nor should we insult others by the use of evil names, descriptions, calling people by evil or, or bad nicknames, nicknames, calling them by names which they hate or detest to be called by. This is also prohibited. And we should consider the way we refer to others, the use of descriptions such as fat or skinny or short or ignorant or stupid or names that we commonly refer to our friends by that are unbecoming of a Muslim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That it is an evil thing that we use evil names referring to one another by by the Iman, after we came to Islam. In Jahali, the people used to use such practices. But after Islam and Iman, it is indeed an evil thing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we use such names or descriptions to refer to one another. 
ومن لم يتوب and whoever doesn't repent turn back to Allah and repent make a tawbah from these, these kinds of actions فَأُولَئِكَهُمُ الظَّالِمُونَ then these are the ظَالِمُونَ those who are unjust wrongdoers oppressors who, do, who have done wrong to themselves in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they have also wronged others in making sakhriya scorning others or lamps speaking ill of someone or insulting people by the use of such names that are improper for a Muslim to refer to another Muslim by. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next verse goes on to mention other practices that are prohibited and that Muslims should avoid in their dealings in the society with other people. Again we address the believers. Ya these verses are for those who have Iman, who believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and believe in that which was revealed to him that Qur'an and the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa and the indication of their Iman it is that they implement and act in accordance with that which Allah has revealed to us as a guidance Ya ayuhal ladheena amanu ijtanibu kathiran min al-dhan Stay far away from ijtanibu, ibta'idu Stay far away from most forms of one suspicion stay away from most forms of a one suspicion inna ba'da al-dhan ismun for verily some types of suspicion are indeed sin they are an act of disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and these suspicions are manifested in many ways if the suspicion is based upon a reality that which forces a person to think something ill of another person a, a real action something that was witnessed or something that has been experienced that forces the person actually to think ill of that person then that may be different but that suspicion which is baseless it doesn't have any foundation this is the suspicion that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refers to إِنَّ بَعْضَ الظَّنِ some forms of suspicion is إِثْمِ is مَعْصِيَةِ disobedience to Allah of sin وَلَا تَجَسَّسُونَ مَرْسِجُ spies one on another يعني no one should follow behind or search the affairs of the people secretly listening or watching or seeking information about others in order to find something evil about them. As suggests spying, it is also prohibited. In general, in the Muslim society, and it is only allowed in the case of the, in, in time of war, when there is war between the Muslims and the non-Muslims, then the Muslims might spy on them in order to know about their condition and their circumstances because of the law that is between them. But spying on Muslims, it is prohibited. Even for the ruler or the authorities to spy on the Muslims, it is prohibited. And some of you should not backbite or say about another that which that person wouldn't like to have been said about them in their absence and no one should say something about another person in their absence which that person 
wouldn't have liked it to have been said about them. Whether what is being said is true or false. Al-Ghiba is haram in Islam, with the exception of those things that are proven by the Qur'an and Sunnah and have been mentioned in the books of Fiqh, the exceptions that have been mentioned such as speaking ill of someone in the case of narration or clarification or classification of the, of the narratives of hadith some of the scholars they had to classify those who are reliable and those who are unreliable and therefore they had to mention that this person was known to have lied or this person had a bad memory or this person whatever in that case to the extent that it's necessary or in the case of a person who is seeking a legal ruling a fatwa and they have to tell the mufti or the judge something about the person who the, the dispute is between and such matters as this but I mentioned and a discussion of this can be found in the notes to Riyadh al-Salihin which is translated into English and he and it is discussed there some of the points related to this matter of Al-Ghiba and what are the exceptions when it may be allowed out of necessity and only to the extent that is necessary and not beyond that and some of you should not backbite others and here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us an example or a comparison comparing the condition or the situation of the person who speaks ill of his brother in his absence with those words that the person wouldn't like to have said about them his condition is similar to the condition as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in this verse أَيُحِبُّ أَحَدُكُمْ أَيَأْكُلَ لَحْمَ أَخِيهِ مَيْتًا Would any one of you like to eat the flesh of his brother while he is dead? Would any one of you like to eat the flesh of his dead brother? Then a person who has died, would anyone like to eat his flesh? فَكَرِهْتُمُهُ Indeed, you detest it. It is something hateful or detestable to eat the flesh of a dead person. In general, what about the flesh of your own brother who is dead? وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ قَيَّابٌ رَحِيمٌ But fear Allah, have taqwa. That means observing the commands of Allah and avoiding his prohibitions. Have taqwa of Allah, for verily Allah is tawab, the one who turns to those who repent to him. And he is rahim, the one who is merciful to those who came back to him, putting their trust in him. And finally, in the last verse, addressed to humanity in general, not specifically to the believers, because it is not related specifically to the Muslim society, but it is for all of humanity. Here in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressed the people in general. Ya yuhannas, all people, all mankind. Inna khalaqanakum min dhakarin wa unfa. That verily we have created you from a male and a female, from Adam and Hawa. All of humanity have been created from one source, one origin, a male and a female. وَجَعَلْنَاكُمْ شُعُوبًا وَقَبَائِلَ لِتَعَارَفُوا And we have made you into nations, شُعُوبًا and tribes, قَبَائِلَ for the purpose of knowing one another, لِتَعَارَفُوا The reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the people to be divided into different nations and tribes and groups of people on every level it was so that people may know one another in order to know one person from another that this person is from a particular nation or from a particular tribe or from a particular family 
the son of so-and-so and such-and-such. It is for the purpose of identification for people to know each other and the benefits of this are many. The least of them is perhaps observing the rules of marriage. Who is allowed to marry to whom? Knowing who is your relative, who is near to you and who is far from you. The rights of inheritance, who is to inherit from you and who not, and so on. The knowledge of the people, of every person's identity, one from another, based on the classifications that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made for humanity of nations and tribes and smaller subgroups, it is a great benefit. But it is not as many people think that we have been divided into nations and tribes so that some people may feel proud about their lineage, that I am from a certain nation. The European people think we are Europeans and the American people say we are Americans and perhaps some of the Arab people from certain areas, like the Gulf people or the Saudi people, they think that they are better than others. And every person, according to his nationality or his tribe, one tribe is better than another tribe. This one is from a certain tribe and that one is from a different tribe, thinking that they are better than others. But this is not the objective that people should feel proud of their nation or their nationality or their tribe or whatever, what family they are from. For indeed, Indeed, the one who is most honored with Allah, and that's what is important, the honor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The one who is most honored with Allah, it is the one who has the most taqwa. It is not based on wealth, no power or status in the society. It's not based on family background, our lineage or nationality. But it is based on the one who observes the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلِيمٌ خَبِيرٌ Allah. He is the one who knows, the all-knowing, al-khabir, the one who is all-aware. Just quickly to mention some of the words from the perspective of the Arabic language, a few of the words that are of importance uh, that, we, that perhaps we can benefit from Lugatan or linguistically. Here mentioned in the first verse, لا يفخر قوم من قوم that no people should make سخرية it means when a person سخر فلان من فلان it means احتقره احتقره it means to consider that person as being less than him to consider that person as being of insignificance it means احتقار or استصغار استصغار to consider someone as small or unimportant or insignificant. Likewise, the word وَلَا تَلْمِزُوا وَلَا تَلْمِزُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ It means here لَمَزَ فُلَانٌ فُلَانًا It means أَعَادَهُ يعني to uh, speak about a person with ill speech to declare that person's defect or shortcoming or to speak ill of that person. Well, تَنَابَذُوا وَلَا تَنَابَذُوا بِالْأَلْقَابِ تَنَابَذُوا it means that a person, that the people call others by names or descriptions or titles that they detest or they hate. To call people by names that they detest. This is the meaning of the words لا تنابزوا بالألقاب and it is similar to لمز 
except that it is speaking ill of some, someone by the use of a description or a title or a name that that person may be known by, but they don't like that they should be referred by or referred to by. And Al-Fusuq, Ba'is Al-Ism, Al-Fusuq Ba'ad Al-Iman, that evil, that it is something detestable with Allah that we use these evil names. It is Fusuq, Al-Ism, Al-Fusuq, Al-Fusq, it is Al-Khuruj An Ta'atillah. Al-Fusq, it means to go outside of obedience to Allah. So such, the use of such names, it is Ma'afiyah, it is sinful, because it is the person has gone beyond the bounds and they have fallen into the area of disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And for those who don't repent from such, he said that these people are the Zalimun. فَأُولَاءَكَ هُمُ الظَّالِمُونَ الظَّالِمُونَ Zalimun is the plural of Zalim. Zalimun is the plural of Zalim. And this name, it is used for the person who goes beyond the boundaries of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. إِذَا تَعَدَّ حُدُودَ اللَّهِ وَتَجَعَوَذَ أَوَامِرَ اللَّهِ وَنَوَاحِيَهُ Whoever goes beyond the bounds of Allah and goes outside of that which Allah has commanded and that which Allah has prohibited, this is ظلم. And the person who commits ظلم is the ظالم. اجتنبوا Here it means اتركوا اجتنبوا It means اتركوا Leave a ظن اجتنبوا a ظن Leave it Avoid it Stay away from it ابتعد عنه لا تقرموا Don't go near it And this Some of the scholars said The use of this word اجتنبوا It is stronger And more effective In bringing the point Than to say لا تفعلوا if you say to someone, لا تفعلوا, don't do something. That is less than saying اجتنبوا. Because اجتنبوا, it means not only don't do it, but don't even go near it. Don't even go near to it. Don't do the thing that might lead up to it. And azan, it means to speak about someone without knowledge. And it is something that a person says, that a person feels, or they express suspicion of another person or accusing them, without actually having a basis for that suspicion or that accusation. And tajassasu, wala tajassasu, it means to follow behind the people, looking at their conditions or their circumstances secretly, searching for defects or searching for some wrong that they have done in order to bring it out to the people. And this is also it is forbidden. These are some of the words, and the last word perhaps that is of, of importance is the word, is the expression وَلَا يَغْطَبْ بَعْضُكُمْ بَعْضًا that none of you should backbite others. إِغْتَابْ the word إِغْتَابْ or يَغْطَبْ it is as mentioned in the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, it is when they asked him what is غيبة he said ذِكْرُ أَخَاكَ بِمَا يَقْرَى it is the mention of your brother with that which he with that which he dislikes or detests should be said about him. And when they ask what about if what I said about him is true, he said that if you if what you said about him is true, then it is riba. Sakab, uh, then that person has indeed, yeah, uh, committed the act of backbiting. And whoever says something about a person 
which is not in that person, which is not actually true about the person, then this is worse than evil, is slander. To say something about a person that they wouldn't want to be said about them, well, it's not even true. If it's true, it's riba, it's haram, and if it's not true, then it's even worse. Uh, concerning the statements about Hafiz ibn Kafir, he mentions, and here in the Mukhtasar that we are using, concerning the first verse, Ya Yahlamina Amanula Yaskar Kaumun, Min Kaumun, Asa'i Yakunu Khairan Minhum, and we believe that not a group scoff or scorn at another group, it may be that the latter are better than the former. And then he goes on to say, likewise for the women, and don't defame yourselves, nor insult, nor insult one another by nicknames, evil in the name of wickedness, after faith, and whoever does not repent, then such are indeed wrongdoers. Then he says, concerning the prohibition of mocking and ridiculing one another, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbids this, the sakhriya, ridiculing or belittling other people, which implies humiliating and belittling them. And in the Sahih, the Sahih of Imam Muslim, rahimahullah, it is recorded that the Prophet of Allah sallallahu said, Al-Qibra, Batr al-Haq, that Al-Qibra, arrogance or pride, it is refusing the truth, rejecting the truth, and belittling the people. And in some of the narrations, of the same hadith instead of ramsu the word is used ramtun nas that in proud pride pride or arrogance it is a person out of his pride kibr he rejects the truth when it comes to him and also a, an, an aspect of kibr it is belittling other people feeling that you are better than others so this is something that is forbidden then he mentioned that this statement or this prohibition has been mentioned in general for the men and then the mention of women. But also the women, they shouldn't uh, make any ridicule or mockery of other women, perhaps those who they are mocking are better than them. And some of the scholars said, though it's not mentioned here in the text, in Kathir, is of importance to know that some of the scholars said that the wisdom behind the mention of the women. After Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned qawm, when the qawm it includes the men as well as the women, and children as well as adults. But here the mention of women has been added to it as a sign or an indication uh, or to bring out the fact of this prohibition specifically in reference to this group of the people, that is the women, this, this part of the society, amongst whom this particular act is widespread. Then he says, Nor defame yourselves. He among men who is a slanderer and a backbiter is cursed and condemned as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That to every humaza and lumaza, there is for them wail. And some of the scholars said wail, it means destruction, and some of them said there is the valley and the hellfire that will be the people whom I mentioned uh, under these words. Here he says, Hams is defamation by action, while Lams is by words. Yani the meaning of Hams and Lams in this verse, it is similar, a similar meaning, defamation, one by action and the other by words. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned 
in another place in the Quran, in chapter 68, verse 11, Hamazin Mashain Binani. That Hamaz, the people who do Hamz defaming, they go about with slander. Go about amongst the people, saying things ill and evil of people uh, in order to degrade them. Means he belittles or defames people, transgressing and spreading slander amongst them, which is the lambs that uses words as its tool. And the difference between lambs and hams is that lambs is by foul or speech, and hams is by action or indication, the blinking of the eyes or the moving of the hands, etc. Then he says, وَلَا تَلْمِذُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ Nor defame yourselves. And this is similar to the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in another place in the Qur'an, وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ Perhaps someone will understand from the Arabic language, وَلَا تَلْمِذُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ That don't defame yourselves. Why would somebody defame their own self? And this is similar to the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Nisa, وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا أَنفُسَكُمْ Don't kill yourselves. Meaning that some of you shouldn't kill others of you. And in some people, shouldn't do this to others from amongst them. And likewise, the meaning here of uh, it means that some people should not defame others from amongst them. And Abdul al-Abbas and Mujahid and Sa'id and Jubayr, Qatada and others of the scholars from amongst the other generation of Muslim said concerning this verse, never defame yourselves, it means one of you should defame each other. Many people shouldn't do it to one another. وَلَا تَنَابَزُوا بِالْأَرْقَابِ No insult one another by nicknames, by evil nicknames, those names which have ill repute and that a person doesn't like to be referred to by. Meaning you should not address people by nicknames that people dislike. And Imam Ahmed, rahimahullah, reported that Abu Jabira ibn al-Dahaq said, this ayah was revealed about us, Bani Salama. Yani, when the Messenger of Allah وسلم, migrated or made to Al-Madina, every man amongst us had two or three nicknames, and when the Prophet called a man by one of these nicknames, people would say, Oh, Messenger of Allah, he hates that nickname. Then the people, they used to refer to one another by these names that weren't liked, that wasn't liked. And the Prophet came to know this from them. When he heard them being called by these names, he thought that these names were acceptable amongst them, and then informed him that these names are not liked by the people who are referred to by them. Then this verse was revealed, and yeah, don't call one another by these names of evil. Uh, and that this is something evil, especially after coming to Islam and having Iman. Therefore the people should repent from it and whoever doesn't repent from the of the Ghalimun. Then he mentions the hadith which was already mentioned concerning arrogance or pride is refusing or rejecting the truth and belittlement or looking down on other people. Uh, that hadith was already mentioned. Then he mentions the hadith reported by Abu Ta'ud First, the hadith of Abu Ta'ud in reference to the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that evil is the name of wickedness after faith. And using such names after the people believe, uh, descriptions of wickedness and evil, that this is one of the practices of the people of Jahiliyyah. The people in ignorance before Islam came to them, they used to have such a practice. How can the people continue to use it after they came to the light of Islam and the knowledge of that which is pleasing to Allah and what is displeasing to Him? So therefore, the people should repent from it. And whoever doesn't repent, then these are the people who are the wrongdoers. 
in the next verse, he mentions three other points that are prohibited. Adran, suspicion, like Tajassus, spying, and Al-Ghiba, backbiting. Uh, and then, uh, here, he mentions the statement of Umar ibn Khattab is mawquf, or that which, and is not attributed to the Prophet sallam, but attributed to Umar anhu, that he said, never think ill of the word that comes out of your brother's, your believing brother's mouth, as long as you can find a good excuse for it. Yeah, I mean, as when anyone hears something from another person, they should have husni advan. They should think good of that person and not try to understand what has been said in a bad way. But they should try to understand what has been said in a good way. If there's any way to understand it in a good way, they should understand it in that way and not think ill of the believing brother who has spoken a word that could be understood in more than one way. Imam Malik rahimahullah reported or recorded that Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu said that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Iyakum wal-Zami and this hadith is indeed yani, appropriate to be mentioned under these verses because it is the expression of the Prophet sallallahu or his manifestation or explanation of the prohibitions and the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran and the reflection of those commands and prohibitions in the hadith of the Prophet this is an expression of that where the Prophet said Iyakum wal-Zami that beware of suspicion Beware of suspicion, فَإِنَّ الظَّنْ أَكْذَبُوا الْحَدِيثِ That is the most lying of all speech that a person can uh, speak, it is to have suspicion, to speak in a suspicious way of other people. وَلَا تَجَسَّسُوا The Prophet said them spying on one another. وَلَا تَحَسَّسُوا Nor to look for other people's faults. تَجَسَّسُوا and تَحَسَّسُوا are similar in meaning and sometimes they are used, both of them on some occasions are used in an evil way whereas tahassasu may also be used in a good way. In this hadith the Prophet ﷺ used it in the way of, of the person who does something evil, who is seeking after someone in order to find their faults. وَلَا تَجَسَّسُوا Don't spy on them. وَلَا تَحَسَّسُوا Nor seek out their faults. وَلَا تَنَافَسُوا And don't يعني, be jealous of one another or in competition with one another. وَلَا تَحَاسَدُوا يعني, Don't uh, uh, compete with one another nor be angry of one another. وَلَا تَبَاغَضُوا Nor hate one another. وَلَا تَبَاغَضُوا Nor يعني, turn your backs on one another or desert one another or abandon one, one another. وَقُونَ عِبَادَ اللَّهِ إِخْوَانًا But instead of these things, these evil characteristics in our dealings with one another, but we should be عِبَادَ اللَّهِ إِخْوَانًا That we should be the servants of Allah. We should act in a way as though we are the عِبَادَ اللَّهِ And that we are brothers to one another. Then we mention another similar hadith in the Sahih al-Bukhari and Muslim, the two Sahih, Sahihain, and Abu Dawood from Anas ibn Malik. رضي الله عنه لذا مسلم الله صلى الله عليه وسلم said a hadith of similar meaning do not shun one another or ignore one another or hate one another or be jealous of one another وَقُلَ عِبَادَ اللَّهِ إِخْوَانَ but be servants of Allah slaves of Allah brothers وَلَا يَحِلُّ لِلْمُسْلِمُ وَلَا يَحِلُّ لِمُسْلِمُ أَنْ يَحْجُرَ أَخَاهُ فَوْقَ ثَلَاثَةِ أَيَّامِ and this is an added aspect in this hadith the hadith Referred by Anas that the Prophet said, No Muslim is allowed to abandon or to boycott 
or to avoid another Muslim, a Muslim brother, for more than three days. If a person has a dispute with another Muslim, then they should try to resolve that dispute and not boycott them or abandon them or stay away from them for more than three days. And if they go beyond that, they have gone beyond the limits of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed. Uh, then he mentions the word, the expression وَلَا تَجَسَّسُوا and he do not spy on one another and he said that تَجَسُّس usually harbors ill intentions and the spy is called جَسُّس as for تَحَسُّس inquiring or seeking out the condition of another person it is usually done for a good reason and the meaning of تَحَسَّسُ is usually good uh, but however, in that previous hadith as we mentioned is used only for someone seeking out the faults of another here in the verse in the Quran mentions as a proof that the hasasu sometimes has a different meaning and it has a good intention behind it and reference to the saying of the Prophet Ya'akub when he said to his son Ya Bumiya Izhabu fatahassasu min Yusufa wa akhihi wa la tayyasu min rawhillah He said to his sons, all my sons, go out and inquire and search to find some news about Yusuf and his brother Ben Yameen and never give up hope of Allah's mercy so both of these terms Tajassus or Tahassus could have evil connotations but Tahassus sometimes it could also have a good connotation then he mentions the hadith in the Sahih that's recorded by the Prophet وسلم, said don't spy on one another nor seek out their faults nor hate one another or abandon one another but be Ibad Allah Ikhwan and be better to one another and servants of Allah. He <coughs> mentions uh, the saying of Al Imam Al Awza'i Rahimahullah that justice means to search for something, while Tahassus means listening to people. Yani here, Al Imam Al Awza'i is saying that perhaps the difference between these two words is justice means searching for a thing and tahassus means listening to people when they are talking without their permission and also the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, which is important the hadith that is collected by Abu Dawood on the authority of Abu Huraira uh, when it was asked to the Prophet وسلم, what is backbiting he said but backbiting is dhikruka akhaka bima yaqra that it is the mention of your brother with that which he dislikes or detests to be said about him and then it was asked, what if, what if my brother was as I mentioned? Yani mean, the thing that I said about him was true. And he said, but if what you have said about him, if it is really in him, فَقَدْ إِرْتَبْتَ That you have indeed backbited in the riba. فَإِنْ لَمْ يَكُنْ فِيهِ مَا تَقُولُ فَقَدْ بَحَتَّهُ And if what you said about him is not true, not only is it something evil that you said about him, but it's also a lie, and this is even worse, worse. And he said that this is I mean slander or false accusation. Um, then you mention the words, the comparison that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes of the person who backbites his brother to the one who eats the flesh of his dead brother. And he said that would any one of you like to eat the flesh of his dead brother? And if you wouldn't like to eat the flesh of your dead brother, likewise you shouldn't like to backbite him. Just as you hate eating the flesh of a dead person, and by nature, and by nature of a person, any person in any society, whether Muslim or not, would detest eating the flesh of a dead body. And perhaps the only way it would be done 
that some people, in order to save their life, might do so. Otherwise, it is in the nature of the human being that they wouldn't want to eat the flesh of a dead human being. So just as by nature you hate the eating the flesh of, your, of a dead person, so likewise, based on the being, you should detest and hate eating the flesh of your brother, meaning backbiting him. As the latter carries a punishment which is worse than the former, and this ayah seeks to discourage people from backbiting and warns against it. The Prophet used these words to discourage taking back a gift from that one, uh, taking back a gift that someone gives to another person. He said that the one who gives a person a gift and then takes it back can kalbi yaqiru thamma yarji'u fi fayni. And it is like a dog who vomits and then he returns to his vomit to eat from it. This is uh, this is the the detestable nature of such a thing is like the backbiting of a Muslim for his brother. Then he also mentioned another hadith which is related to the matter of backbiting and preserving the honor and dignity of the Muslims. In this hadith he compared the honor of the Muslim he said, That verily your blood as well as your wealth or property and your honor. It is forbidden, it is sacred. No one should violate these things. A person's uh, physical body, their blood as well as their property, their wealth and wealth, their honor, it is sacred and it should not be violated. And its sacredness is like كَحُرْمَةِ يَوْمِكُمْ هَذَا وَشَهْرِكُمْ هَذَا فِي بَلَدِكُمْ هَذَا يعني it is similar to the sanctity or the sacredness of this day and this month and this land or this city meaning the city of Mecca in the month of Dhul Hijjah on the day of Arafah and this uh, and then mentioned also a similar statement which the meaning is basically the same uh, the saying كُلُّ مُسْلَمْ عَلَى مُسْلَمْ حَرَامٌ that every Muslim is sacred to another Muslim مَالُهُ وَعِرْضُهُ وَدَمُهُ his wealth as well as his honor and his blood حَسْبٌ رِئِنْ مِنَ الشَّرْءَ أَنْ يَحْقِرَ أَخَاهُ مُسْلَمٌ and it is evil enough that a person belittles his brother to belittle a Muslim, to belittle another Muslim is indeed an evil thing and this is something that a Muslim should avoid when he mentioned the hadith of Ma'iz Ma'iz uh, عنه, the companion of the Prophet who committed adultery and he came to the Prophet confessing to him asking to be punished for his sin so that he could be pure, purified from that sin uh, and this case uh, on this occasion after the Prophet asked him repeatedly um, what he was saying and affirmed that he knew what he was saying and that he knew what Zina was that in fact he had committed Zina then he ordered him to be stoned just like a dog is stoned the Prophet knew of this and he continued on until the people passed by the dead body of a donkey and then he asked for those two people who were one of them speaking to the other and the other one accepting it, backbiting that Ma'iz uh, uh, who was killed for, who was stoned to death, death for committing Zina. And he said, 
to those people, dismount and eat from this donkey, yani from the dead body of this donkey, eat from it. And they said, uh, they said to the Prophet Astaghfirullah, yani, would anyone eat from this, the body, the meat of the dead body of the donkey? And the Prophet informed them that what they had done in backbiting Ma'iz, uh, that it was more detestable and more hateful and more evil than to eat from the dead flesh of this donkey. And this is another example, a graphic example of how uh, backbiting or speaking ill of another Muslim is considered in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Many mentions the hadith of Imam Ahmed rahimahullah and the Afatil Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu anhu in which in that hadith Allahu alam about its authenticity uh, in general the, the committee who compiled this summary of the tafsir in kafir um, they tried to avoid those hadith which are mentioned in the original tafsir those hadith which are considered to be weak or unauthentic but somehow they included this hadith and it appears that though this hadith uh, reported in the Muslim Imam Ahmed is not authentic uh, but in any case they mentioned it here they didn't believe it for whatever reason perhaps they considered it to be um, yeah, I mean, they considered it to be of an acceptable grade and Allah knows best in any case they mentioned the hadith where um, there was the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam a stinking odor was carried by the women of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam asked them do you know uh, what this odor is and then he answered them it is the odor of those who backbite people and again, yani, the authenticity of this hadith is questionable. Then he uh, mentions the saying of Allah Taala after discussing these things: "Wa taqullah, fi Allah, have taqwa of Allah, for Allah is the one who forgives and the one who accepts repentance." And then he discusses here the issue of repentance and the difference of opinion amongst the scholars. And he says that the repentance of those who backbite others requires number one that they should stop what they are doing. And number two, that they should feel remorse for what they have done. And number three, they should make uh, firm intention or determination not to return to it. Here, Al-Hadr ibn Kathir said that there is difference of opinion about these conditions. And some of them said that the condition or the obligation of feeling remorse for what they have done, that some of the scholars uh, didn't agree that this was the condition. But the opinion of the majority of scholars is that it is one of the conditions that a person should stop what they're sh- doing, that they should feel remorse for what they're doing, and that they should make a firm commitment not to return to it again. And likewise, an added condition for the person who backbites another person is that they should apologize or seek forgiveness from the person who they have backbitten. And some of the scholars said that, if the, that this is also not a necessary condition because perhaps the one who backbites someone, if they were to inform them, of what they have said about them, it may hurt them more than the fact that someone has done this to them without them knowing it. In that case, some of the scholars say, rather than to seek forgiveness from that person, the one who has backbitten them should try to rectify this and make up for it by going back to the places where they spoke ill of that person and speaking good of them, speaking good of them amongst the people that they spoke ill, Ill about them amongst them, and likewise they should try to defend them in those places where someone may speak ill of them. And then the last verse he mentions the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Yuhannas, inna khalaqanakum min dhakarin wa unta, 
that we have created you from a male and a female, and maybe in the tribes and nations that you may know one another. Uh, in these verses, he mentions that the creation of all human beings is from a single person, that is Adam, alayhi salam, the first prophet, and from Adam, his, his mate, his wife, Hawa, and from them to all people were uh, and brought forth. And the people were divided into nations and tribes of different sizes. And then he mentions some discussion about the use of these words, Shu'ub and Waqabayl. And some of the people said that the word Shu'ub, it was used in reference to the non Arabs and Qabayl in reference to the Arabs and other such opinions. Um, the important thing that he mentions here is that all people are from one source, that they're all from the same parentage, from Adam and Eve. And therefore, in reference to our relationship to the first man and woman, we are all equally honored. There's no difference between one person and another. No matter what tribe you belong to, no matter what nation you belong to, since they're all from the same father and mother, then everyone is equal in that. And the only superiority or honor that anybody has over another, it is by taqwa. Uh, and then he says also that, um, that this, the mention of this point, that all people are from one source, and that they're equal, no one is better than another, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this after mentioning backbiting and belittling one another and speaking ill of one another and using uh, bad expressions or descriptions of one another. All of these things, after mentioning them, then he closed by mentioning or reminding the people that everyone is created from a single man and a woman. They're from one source or one origin and therefore no one is better than another but the only superiority of one of another is by taqwa. And the purpose of these nations and tribes is for people to know one another. As uh, Al-Hazim Kithiyah mentions from Mujahid, uh, one of the scholars of the Tabi'een, he said that the meaning of Lita'arafu, it is, it refers to someone saying, so-and-so is the son of so-and-so. And identifying a person by his family lineage, he is the son of such-and-such person from the tribe of so-and-so, from a particular tribe or a particular nation, and so on. Uh, then he ends with the words, إِنَّ أَكْرَمَكُمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَتْقَاكُمْ That the most honorable, honorable of you in the sight of Allah is the one, the believer who has uh, the most taqwa. It is not by nationality or tribe or color or social status or wealth, but it is by the one who is most obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he also mentioned a number of, a lot of hadith, and from amongst those hadith is the hadith where the people ask who is the best of all people and the Prophet he said that the best of them in front of Allah is the one who has the most taqwa and they said this is not what we are asking about then he said he understood that they meant by lineage who is the best of your lineage and he said that is Yusuf the Prophet of Allah Ibn Nabi Allah, Ibn Nabi Allah, Yusuf the, the son of the Prophet of Allah, meaning Ya'qub, the son of the Prophet of Allah, meaning Ishaq, the son Ibn Khalil Allah, meaning Ibrahim, yani the Prophet of Allah, who is the son of the Prophet, who is the son of the Prophet, who is the son of the Khalil Allah, Ibrahim, alayhi salam, Allah's peace be upon all of them. Then they said, no, this is not what we are asking about. Then he said, then we want to ask him about Arab lineage. And they said yes. And he said, and this is the important statement here, فَخِيَارُكُمْ فِي الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ خِيَارُكُمْ فِي الْإِسْلَامِ إِذَا فَقْوُهُ That the best of you 
in the jahiliyyah, in the past, would be the best in your Islam if they have understanding, if they have understanding of the deen. And the Prophet also said related to this that whoever Allah wants good for them may yuridillahi bihi khayran yufaqihim fiddeen that whoever Allah wants good for them al khayr then he will give them understanding of the deen and therefore based on this similar principle he said khiyarukum the best of you yani jahili is the best of you in Islam if Allah has given him fiqh or understanding of the deen Many mention another hadith of importance and this hadith has been narrated wrongly in some other places unauthentically the correct narration of this hadith um, is the hadith that he mentions here concerning uh, that is reported in Sahih Muslim from Abu Huraira إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَنْظُرُ إِلَى سُورِكُمْ وَأَمْوَالِكُمْ وَلَكَنْ يَنْظُرْ إِلَى قُلُوبِكُمْ وَأَمَالِكُمْ that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't look at your shape or your outward form nor does he look at your wealth or your possessions. This is not what's important to Allah, how you look in the outward form, nor what you possess. وَلَكَنْ يَنْظُرُوا إِلَىٰ قُلُوبِكُمْ وَأَمَالِكُمْ But what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes into consideration is that which is in your hearts and your actions. And this is of importance because many of the worldly people thought that if they have great possessions and they have beautiful clothing, that they are, they are of high status. In front of the people they may be looked up to, but in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is of no consideration, but what's important in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that which is in your hearts, your intentions and your actions. And the other point based that is from this uh, hadith that is of importance also is that it's not enough to have good intentions because Allah looks to your heart and He also looks to your actions. So intentions are part of it, but also actions are important. And this is mentioned in the hadith in which the Prophet said, The actions are judged according to intentions. And the other hadith in which he said that whoever whoever does an action which is not in accordance with our matter, in accordance with the sunnah, then it will be rejected. Therefore, we have to look at the intentions and we also have to look at the actions. And then he mentions uh, here the hadith that's reported by Ibn Abi Hatim on the authority of Abdul ibn Umar may Allah be pleased with him and his father and this hadith also I mean there's some problem in this hadith um, about its authenticity it is not clear but in any case, in any case he says that on the day Mecca was conquered in the Fatah Mecca the Prophet ﷺ performed to walk around the Kaaba while riding a camel, al-Qaswa. And he was touching the corners of the, of the black of the stone with a stick he had in his hand. And he didn't find a place in the mercy where he could sit his camel. Uh, and therefore he had to dismount on the hands, on the men's hands. Yeah, and he had to get out uh, off the camel without, yeah, I mean, there was no place for him to make the camel sit down. So he had to climb off for the people helping him down. He led his camel to the bottom of the valley where he had her sit down. The Messenger of Allah ﷺ made a speech while riding Al-Qaswa and he said after thanking Allah and praising Him he said Ya Rahimnaas Inna Allah Ta'ala Qad Azhaba Ankum Abdiyyatul Jahiliyya and here in this copy of the book in the Arabic text of it also in the Arabic text that this translation came from it said Abdiyyatul Jahiliyya and they translated it as slogans of Jahiliyya while in the original text of Ibn Kathir and also in the Mukhtafa of Sheikh Muhammad Nasib and the Rafa'i, the word that's used there is Aibat al-Jahiliyyah. 
the defects of Jahiliyyah. Allahu alam which one is correct, but it appears as though yani that the, the original text of Ibn Kathir and the Mukhtasa of Shaykh al Rafai is closer to the original um, uh, wording of the hadith. In any case, um, in this hadith he mentioned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has removed from us the defects or the slogans of Jahiliyyah or whatever, those things which are evil from Jahiliyyah and the tradition of honoring fathers. And then he said men are of two types. One who is Barrun, Kaqiyun, Karimun, the one who is righteous and God-fearing and noble in the presence of Allah. And another one who is Fajirun, Shaqiyun, Hayyin, and the one who is يعني, evil or wicked and the one who is wretched uh, in front of Allah and belittled in front of Allah. And then he said, then he mentioned this verse, Ya Rahmanas, Inna Khalaqanakum Dakarun wa Anta, that verily we have created you all from a male and female to the end of the ayah. Uh, and this is the end of what he says. Oh no, the last thing he says here is the end of the verse, the last verse, Inna Allah Arimu Khabir, that Allah is all knowing of you and everything related to us, being the people, and He's all aware of our affairs. And then he says here, Ibn Kathir mentions in his tafsir, that Allah guides whom he wills, and misguides whom he wills. Yani that al-hidayah or guidance is according to Allah's Mashiach. We should stop here, inshaAllah, for the adhan, and just complete these last sentences after the adhan. <laughs> Al-Hafiz al-Kathir, the last quotation that they brought from him is in relation to Allah being Al-Aleem, He's Aleem and Khabir. He's Al-Aleem, the one who knows everything, and Khabir, the one who's aware of everything. And from this, Al-Hafiz al-Kathir mentions the Mashiach of Allah, the will of Allah, that everything is in accordance with His will, and this is part of Al-Tawheed al-Rububiyyah. So nothing happens in this universe except it is in accordance with what Allah wills. Therefore, and hidayah or guidance, tawfiq or the success in this way and the next it is from Allah alone, no one should be proud of any success but it is all from Allah who is guided is by Allah's permission and so he says that Allah guides whomever he wills and misguides whomever he wills and this guidance he guides whomever he wills according to his knowledge and his wisdom those who are deserving of his guidance and misguides those who turn away from the truth when it's offered to them those who want the guidance is better than they reject it then he misguides them or leads them astray and likewise he grants mercy to whomever he wills according to his knowledge and his wisdom and he punishes whomever he wills justly and whoever he grants mercy to it is out of his mercy and his favor and whoever he punishes it is because of their actions and they are justified in being punished and he elevates whomever he wills uh, above whomever he wills whoever Allah gives the highest status to over others it is by the Mashiach or the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is based on his own and based on his hikmah, his wisdom, and there is no injustice in whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does. And then he mentions that some of the scholars based on these verses, that all people are from one source, and there is no superiority over superiority of one people over another, except based on taqwa, as some of the scholars said that al kafaa or compatibility or equality in marriage, that it is not a condition for marriage, that people be of the same economic status, or from the same kind of family background. Some scholars rejected this idea that there has to be kafa'a for two people to marry. Uh, and they said that the only condition is the consideration of the person's deen. 
Fadali, the most honored of you with Allah, is taqwa. For the people who have taqwa, they should be considered without looking at whether or not they have wealth or what is their family background. This is the end of what is mentioned in the Mukhtasar with Tafsir Kafir. And just quickly to look at uh, some of the points that may be derived from these verses. Number one, uh, from uh, various different sources, we collected some of the points that are derived, the important principles or rulings or points of benefit derived from these verses. The first of them is the prohibition of a sakhriya. Sakhriya, um, it is the uh, ridiculing or mocking of others, it is prohibited. The second of them is the prohibition of a lens, yani, uh, speaking uh, ill of someone ill speech of another person, it is also prohibited. The third of them is tanabuz, that is a tanabuz bil alqab to use descriptions or titles or names of ill repute for a person uh, calling them by these names while they detest to be called by this. And this is fisk or going outside of obedience to Allah, disobedience. The fourth of them is the prohibition of a zan al-salimi in mass, that having a Ill, uh, evil suspicions of people that have no basis or justification, it is also prohibited. The fifth of them is the prohibition of spying, the justice. Spying on people secretly looking for something evil about them. The sixth of them is the prohibition of riba, backbiting or saying about another person in the absence that which they wouldn't like to have said about them. Uh, the seventh of them is the command to have taqwa of Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah, fear Allah. And all of these matters we should have fear of Allah, try to avoid that which Allah has prohibited and to fulfill that which He has commanded of us. The eighth of them is the principle of the fact or the reality, the truth, that all people come from one source, from one father and mother. Therefore, there is no superiority by lineage or tribe or nationality of any person or another person but the only superiority or honor of any people over another it is by taqwa. Uh, the ninth point is the prohibition of being proud or arrogant. Pride and arrogance is prohibited and no one should be proud of their wealth or their lineage. The last point it is the obligation of people making themselves known, that people should be known, the, the, the family uh, background, the lineage, the um, tribal identification or national identification, it should be known, but it should be known for the purpose of cooperating with one another and facilitating uh, the social um, the upliftment of the society in general. I mean, for those benefits that I mentioned in the Sharia, in reference to marriage and inheritance and other such things. And finally, um, the questions again are of importance and we should look at these questions at least and whoever and takes the time to go back through the tafsir um, that we have with us um, in addition to any points that may have been made that's not from the tafsir then easily inshallah you'll be able to answer these questions under what common heading in place the verses discussed in this chapter Surah Al-Hajrat from 11 to 13 the common heading that all of these verses come under is uh, social behavior, yani social guidelines in Islam. Three of the, some, what are some of the prohibitions that Allah mentioned in these verses, and six are mentioned, from amongst them is ridiculing, defaming, insulting others by using evil nicknames, suspicion, backbiting, 
um, inspiring on one another. What is the Islamic definition of riba? It is uh, the Islamic definition of riba. It is to say about someone the absence that which they wouldn't want to have said about them, whether it's true or untrue. What is the comparison or what are the conditions for terrible from Ghiba as mentioned by al Hazim Kithir? He said that the conditions are four. Then the three conditions of the sentence in general, that a person should abandon that which they are doing, and that they should feel remorse for what they have done, and that they should make a firm commitment not to return to it. And the fourth is specifically related to Ghiba, that is seeking forgiveness of the person who they have backbitten, or as some of the scholars said, trying to correct or rectify what they have said about them by speaking well of them in the places where they spoke ill of them and defending them in such places. What is the comparison made by Allah for the one who commits riba? The comparison, backbiting a person is compared to eating the dead flesh of your brother. Explain the meaning of the saying that Allah some suspicion is sin. It means that suspicion in every case is not sin. But the suspicion that is sin, it is the suspicion that is baseless, that has no any foundation for it. Mention the verse which shows that humanity has the same origin. This is the verse where Allah addressed the Arab and Nath, that we have created you from a male and a female. Are some people more honorable than others? Explain. Yeah, I mean, uh, people in general are not honorable, more honorable than others, but the exception is that the honor of one person over another is based on taqwa. Explain the meaning of the saying of Allah, uh, and He has made you into nations and tribes that you may know one another. Yeah, I mean, the meaning of this verse to know one another, it means for identification of people from the different families or different tribes or different nations in order that people can work with one another and cooperate with one another. And the last mention some of the rulings or points of benefit derived from these verses. That's the last thing that we mentioned. And they can be derived easily from review of the text, the actual text of the verses or from the tafsir. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اقرأ بسم ربك الذي خلق خلق الإنسان من علق اقرأ وربك الأكرم الذي علم بالقلم علم الإنسان ما لم يعلم كلا إن الإنسان
أَمَرَ بِالتَّقْوَى أَرَأَيْتَ إِن كَذَّبَ وَتَوَلَّى أَلَمْ يَعْلَمْ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ يَرَى كَلَّا لَمْ يَنْتَهِ لَنَسْفَعًا بِالنَّاقِيَةِ ناصية كاذبة خاطئة فليدع نادية سندع الزبانية كلا لا تطعه واسجد واقترب